0: A venture capitalist said Elad Gill is the most sought after angel investor in the Valley. What do you think
1: of that? It sounds like you were talking to my mom <laughs> and she's not a venture capitalist, you must have called the wrong person.
0: Elad Gill is an angel investor in some of the highest flying Silicon Valley companies, the early money in companies now worth billions. But he started our conversation with a memory of the dot-com era and a defeat laid off from one of his very first jobs.
1: I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. Back in the dot-com bubble, I joined a company at about 120 people. It grew to 150, and then it shrank to 12 people over five rounds of layoffs. And so I was laid off in something like the third round. And right before that round, or a few rounds earlier in terms of layoffs, um, as employee morale was suffering, as people kept leaving the company, the founders of the company bought a pool table. They thought, wouldn't this be great for employee morale? But what people quickly noticed is that anybody who was shooting pool quickly disappeared in the, in the next round of layoffs. The pool table was an indicator of who had a lot of free time. And so ever since then, I've had a very negative association with billiards. One of the things I w- I've been really lucky in, in my career is the degree to which people in Silicon Valley tend to help each other without an expectation for reward. And so when I got laid off, um, the CEO of the company that I got laid off from introduced me into a couple of the board members who were venture capitalists and said, look, this is a really hardworking person. They've done good work for us. Um, But unfortunately, we just have to face the economic reality of our business and we have to let people go. And um, a number of people they introduced me to or other people that I just met randomly in Silicon Valley ended up helping me quite a bit. So for example, Um, I got introduced to Mike Moore to Sequoia Capital, who introduced me to one company that I ended up working for. I got introduced to Naval Ravikant, um, who introduced me to another company that I ended up consulting to. And so I was really lucky in that because I'd worked really hard, I tried to do the right thing for the company. I actually offered to work for free after the layoff. I was like, let me just help. And so I think that just bought a lot of goodwill that then translated in all sorts of ways. And so what I try to do now myself is ask other ways that I can give back as other people are trying to find their way Um, and technology.
0: Elad is now one of the best angel investors in the Valley, and no, it wasn't his mom who said so. He's an early angel in Stripe and Airbnb, as well as several other successes. I asked him for his reasoning behind investing in each. You know that game where you say a word and the first thing that pops into your head? I want to do that with you, but with some of the things you were an early investor on, if you can just give me
1: a quick, this is why I put money into it, Airbnb. Airbnb actually, to me, felt very straightforward because it was a a thing I'd already been doing in a nonprofit way, and so it made sense as a for-profit. Coinbase. Ultimately, I think Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies are going to end up being a new form of store of value, sort of a digital or millennial gold, and Coinbase is definitely the marquee company in that market. Pinterest. Really great way to um, share pins and other information with a community of people. Square. Um, Enabling people to accept payments uh, who couldn't before. And Stripe. Stripe is ultimately a bet on global e-commerce. So they participate in a variety of transactions across the web, and I really view them as effectively indexing all of global commerce or global e-commerce.
0: What is an angel investor for those who are joining this podcast to learn about venture capital and investment in Silicon Valley? What is an angel investor?
1: Uh, Traditionally, angel investors have been individuals who've either started their own companies or been executive at companies who've started to invest their own money in order to support the next generation of founders or entrepreneurs. That's different from a venture capitalist who tends to be somebody who will raise money from others, write much larger checks, take board seats. And um, will be more of an institutional form of capital for for founders.
0: Do I want, when I'm an early investor, do I want an angel, does it go angel
1: investor and then it goes venture capitalist after that? Yeah, angel investors are typically people who have either started or built companies before. So they may have been a founder or entrepreneur, they may have been uh, executive, a vice president of product or engineering or something else who then um, uh, invest their own money, but then also provide expertise and advice to um, founders. So they tend to get involved really early and they tend to have lived through what the founders are now going through. Venture capitalists tend to be people, uh, in some cases who started off as angels, in some cases who didn't, who uh, raise money from institutions. So they may raise it from university endowments. They may raise it from sovereign wealth funds or other people. And then they effectively invest on their behalf in some sense into these companies. They tend to write larger checks to join boards of companies and to be actively involved not only in um, the advice side, but also in governance since they have a board seat.
0: Do I seek out an angel investor
1: or does an angel investor find me or is it some combination of the two? It tends to be a combination of the two. Um, Ultimately, the best angel investors tend to build a brand or reputation as being helpful and the founders will talk to each other about who they should raise money from. So say that I'm a new founder, I may go to um, one of the founders of Stripe or Airbnb or one of these market companies and ask them, Who are some of your most helpful investors over time? And then that may be a referral to one of the really early angels to sort of help them out early on. Um, And so that matters a lot. Sometimes, personally, as an angel, every once in a while, I'll hear of a company that's very exciting. And I'll just reach out to the founders and say, hey, what you're working on sounds really cool. Are there ways that I can help out? And so Stripe was a great example of that where, um, you know, that's how I initially met the CEO of the company.
0: I have read that there is a lot of money chasing very few ideas, that, that that if you start a company that people will come to you offering a great deal of money. Is that the case right now?
1: There's definitely a ton of money um, in the system right now. I think that there's still things that feel a little bit weird or non-obvious. And uh, so for the seed round, sometimes they're very oversubscribed and everybody wants to invest. Sometimes the best investments are ones that are a little bit of of a sleeper, again, because the most interesting companies are often not obvious. Otherwise, the opportunity would already be filled. And so, you know, one example of a company a few years ago that I invested in was called PagerDuty. And I remember I committed very early. I wired in my money. And then I think there was like three or four months where there just wasn't very strong interest in there around. And now they, they, you know, they've just raised at a billion dollar valuation. They've talked publicly about going public soon. And that was one that I think a lot of early investors missed.
0: Let's talk a bit about a board that you begin to develop. You called the board the most important people you will never hire when it comes to venture capital, assigning people to a board. What should I know as an entrepreneur
1: when venture capital assigns me a board member? Yeah, I think as part of deciding who to raise money from, if you're so lucky to be able to have that choice, um, you should really do your diligence on who will take the board seat and whether you feel like they're going to bring skill sets and perspectives that are going to be valuable to you and to the company, Um, whether there's a a good dynamic in terms of how you'd work with them, and in general, whether you think they'd be a very positive contributor. And as part of that also, I would call um, other people that that person's worked with as a board member and ask them, how did that person act when things went badly? Because when things went well, everybody's very positive and helpful and upbeat. When things go badly, that's when you see sort of the real personalities of people come out. So I would really try and vet it up front, and then that would be part of my decision in terms of who I would take money from. One way to think about a venture capitalist board member is once they invest, it's very hard to actually remove them from the board. And so it's a little bit like an in-law. You know, you're going to see them at Christmas. You're going to see them at Thanksgiving. You kind of hope that they're going to be somebody you really want to see every time. Because they're going to affect your life. They're going to affect your life and they're going to be really present. And the second you have kids are always going to be there. So you you better love them.
0: (laughs) Is there something about entrepreneurship or venture capital or angel investing that you know that other people don't
1: know or you don't think enough people know? You know, there's a number of things that I've learned over the years as an investor. And to me, they now seem obvious in hindsight, but at the time they were very non-obvious. So I'll give you an example. Um, when you reference check a founder, you would think, so say that you reference check an employee, a negative reference check is really negative. Like you don't want to hire an employee where people say, well, that person wasn't very good, or they were lazy, or they didn't get the things done. When you reference check a founder, a negative reference check is sometimes very hard to interpret. A positive reference check is always positive. It's always a good signal. I I now view negative reference checks, as long as they're ethical and all the rest of it, um, uh, as a neutral versus a negative signal. And there's actually a few founders that I know um, who uh, left Twitter to start a company. And I didn't invest in their initial round because in the context of Twitter, they just weren't very effective as an employee. It, It was one of the people that was always sort of in the hallway hanging out, talking, and didn't seem to be getting very much done. And so I thought, well, this person probably just isn't going to do much as a founder. And then that person um, started one of the very best companies out of Twitter. And so I took him for dinner uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I politely asked, you know, what changed? Like, why are you so effective all of a sudden? And he said, well, I finally feel like my butt's on the line. And I'm working really hard, and that's really the driver and motivator for me. And so it was a shift in environment really changed how that person acted. And so that was a great example where I missed a great company and a great founder because of my context with them from before.
0: I feel like you've dropped enough hints that I should know
1: which company this is, but what company is it? Uh, I shouldn't say. Okay, fair uh, enough. I'm sure many and, of the listeners actually, do uh, know. There's actually quite a number of ex-Twitter companies, so I chose a safe example.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. If you're in the San Francisco area, that's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com.